the hmm. Hey folks, Sir Charles Carey here. Welcome to another episode of What's Your Come Up Story. And we got a live one for you today. And like I normally say, get a pen and pad because you never know. If you're not careful, you just might learn something. And as you also know, we have a variety of guests, uh, academic, artistic, uh, educational. I mean, every angle of life. I believe deserves an opportunity and has a story attached to it. And today is no different than others. So if you have comments or questions, by all means, post them. We want to get your feedback. We believe the best type of uh, learning is through direct engagement. And uh, today's guest is a young lady I've known for some time, and I won't belabor the moment, but uh, we go way, way, way back, almost like car seats, right? But uh, nevertheless, you're going to see for yourself. I'll call it a songbird because if you ever hear her voice, it's like, man, amazing. So, ladies and gentlemen, I introduce to some and present to others, Mahogany. Where is she? There she is. Bam. How you doing? I am. I'm black-tastic today. I'm, I'm black-tastic. I know that's right. Yeah. I know that's right. It's so good seeing you. Um. You know, I see you a lot of times on LinkedIn. I know you stay active. <clears throat> you have a lot of things going on. And I definitely commend you for that because if you're not growing, you're not really living. You're just existing. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. But, but look, when when I thought of you coming on the show, it reminded me of something. You were the very first, uh, prim, uh, el numero uno, la primero, first guest at Wordplay Wednesday when I used to do the event in Forestville, Maryland at Starbucks. And I was like, wow, it's been such a long time. So tell Man, us a little bit tell us a little bit about what you've been doing. Wow. I didn't realize I was your first. Um but that's yeah that's all. Um what have I been doing since then? Well I have continued to make music. I have continued to perform. One of the things that I really jumped into after leaving the area was teaching artistry, going into the classrooms. I started to do a lot of service-oriented work when I lived in Maryland. Okay. Partnering with a lot of, of different organizations, but I really um, went into the classroom more with the music after after I left. So would you say you were kind of like a music teacher or a modern day music teacher or what kind of, how, what does that look no, like? 
No, one of the things, because I was blessed to marry my music producer and we, we have a, a, a synergy where when we're working with kids uh-huh. and they get to see the male and the female perspective there together. And it's not like a traditional educator, right? Right. We're not open your book, you know, turn to lesson five. We really, it's more organic. Um, my husband likes to call it organized chaos. Yeah, that's cool. Because, right? Yeah, because we create and will curate spaces to make them feel safe and allow them to be open and tap into that creative part of them where maybe in a traditional classroom that won't happen. So we go in there and we create music with them. Wow, that's pretty profound. Yeah, I may take one of my songs and we use it to base the, the, the talk of the day from, but typically we go in there and we allow them to write. My husband will compose just a small portion of the song. They'll help finish it. And I will help them in the writing process and organizing the song. And then at the end, we have a project where they can listen to themselves and the work that they've done. We wow. just released our first project with the kids. It's a stream. It's streaming on all platforms. Nice. So What's the name of it? It's called "Is It a Way." Is it and a way? A, is it a way? Yes. Four words. Okay. okay. Right. Is it a way? Yes. And that happened at the end of this past school year. So, how many kids were involved with that specific project? Do you know offhand? With that specific project, there were seven. Wow, nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and what is like? What's the age range? This particular residency, we had fourth, fifth, sixth, and eighth grade. Oh, that could be dope, tastic, no yes. doubt. Wow, yeah. that's great. It, came, it was. It really, really came out. It. They exceeded their expectations. <laughs> Did they do anything from like working the boards or playing any of the instruments as well? So they worked with my husband on the production side. Right. And you know how you, you will have leaders in a classroom. So there yes. were students who stepped up. And when I was working with the writing and the lyrics, that they actually stepped up once we got to a point where the song was actually written. So we had some scholars that actually took over the song structure. And there were some rappers and they really, one of the teachers, and and this was the amazing part. She came at the end of the project and told us that we had students who, they weren't the ones that were well-known in the school or the popular ones. Ah. Right, so it was amazing for her to see them starting to sing in class, you know, and talk more and, and just be more involved yeah. in the classroom. And she said, I, I believe that was a direct reflection of them being in, cause it was an after school program. Okay. And so it was like watching the butterfly. Yeah. Out of the cocoon. Yeah. 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 I think you guys, February to May. you guys planted seeds and there's no telling yes. those seven uh, young people, there's no telling 
what direction they're going to go in now that they've had that experience because obviously some may <clears throat> apply to music some it just may apply from a creative perspective because now their minds yes. will never ever be the same that's phenomenal and we need more of that we really yeah. do we need more of that I, I believe um worldwide but of course across the country and within the inner cities as well absolutely so let me let me let me let me take you back a little bit now i know okay. that um when you were here in the dmv you know it was you and enoch and miss chris and tara and lady J. you know we were doing several things and events and we were always mm -hmm. active and we were using our creative juices to do events, uh, participate in events and things of that nature. When did you know for yourself that the creative arts was something for you or that you wanted to be a vocalist? I've always known that. Wow. I, I was the sibling that all the other siblings would say, like, would you shut up? Would you right. be quiet? Like, <laughs> okay. I was literally always singing. Always. So like, Two years old, three years old, four years old? I think so. I think. Okay. I don't know about that age, but I know once I was in elementary school. Yeah. The, the memories that I have, the, the first set of memories were of my older siblings, you know, telling me like, oh my God, like, would you just, <laughs> enough already. So what about your parents? Were they creative people or musicians at yes. all? Really? Absolutely. My mother... And I didn't find this out until I was much older that she actually was a singer. And, and well, I knew she was a singer, but she used to sing in clubs. Oh, and okay. She withheld that information from me for a long time. But I knew she could sing. I knew my dad was very, very creative and an entrepreneur. Okay. He passed away when I was very young, but I had all these stories from other people. He was an athlete. Okay. He was the guy who everybody came. He did their taxes. You know, oh, he could wow. make anything, you know, from wood. So both of my parents, definitely very, very extreme. All of their children are creative in some way. Nice. But yeah. you're the only musician, vocalist? Active. Active. Okay, I got you. I got yeah. you. You know, I guess I have a similar situation. I was very young. And of course, music was very instrumental back in the day, 60s, 70s. And I was just flowing. It had that little radio in the kitchen. And, you know, you hear everything. You hear the R&B, you hear the soul, you hear the pop. And um, I remember one day going to my mom and saying, Ma, I want to sing. And she said, oh, really? I said, yeah. She said, okay. That's it? It was that simple. And, and that was it. And see, I, I had learned that... <clears throat> Her and uh, my aunts and uncles, they were in a group when they were younger, gospel group. So I'm expecting her to sit me down and tell me uh. the do's and the don'ts and the tricks of the trade. And all she said was, okay. Like, oh, that's interesting. And so I was like, oh. So then I really kind of like, I guess it was a magnetic draw that it just pulled me in, you know. That part right there. Right, right? Yes. What was yours? How, how, like, how did you get sucked in so that you just couldn't turn back? It started, again, at that young age. And 
all of my friends, like I was the one where when we were riding on the school bus, they would say, oh, would you sing this song? Or we're in the classroom and the teacher just walked out. Um, I would go to the front desk and I'm doing a, a Stevie Wonder song. I even remember putting some some shades on and I'm oh, really? Stevie Wonder, right? While the teacher is out of the classroom. So I was always the one that they would come to to sing something and this was elementary school so it has always that pull that you're talking about is literally that's i've never wanted to do anything else right never. right now you know unfortunately i i neither did i however i allowed myself because of fear and uncertainty and i guess sometimes there's a cloud in life that you can't always see through or see past now, I have the stubbornness, mm -hmm. and I have the determination, but I didn't always have it as bad as I have it nowadays. And um, I was scared to death. I knew how bad I wanted it, but I was scared to death to mess up. I was scared to death to do it, mm -hmm. though I wanted to do it almost like desperately. So I just kept pushing. But then there were times where I was like, oh, man. And then I get mad at myself for not yeah. letting go. And that, that to me, that's the key with almost any art form. You yeah. must let go. And I wouldn't let go because I was so afraid of opinions and blah, 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 you know? So did you sing like in school shows or talent shows in the community I and did. things like that? I did. It wasn't a lot, but I did. And piggybacking off something you just said, I did it all afraid. Okay. I did it and I was shy, but... It was that that pull is that you cannot do it. <laughs> right, right. You can't and not do it. I right. Was, yes. Even though I was afraid and nervous, I would always just do it anyway. Like I I did a talent show with my back to the audience. Really? Yes. Okay, Miles, Lady Miles. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean I look back and I'm like, well, why? If you were that nervous and afraid, why did you do it? But I have I, I have no explanation. You know what? It's probably like, forgive me if you don't agree, but it's kind of like the spirit within us. And what I mean by that is the spirit within us wants us to move in a particular direction. But the carnal side or the everyday normal person side is like, I ain't doing that. You do it. So yeah. it was like, like an internal conflict, but I you agree. still had to do it. I agree. I, I agree with that 100%. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny. Even this is a little bit off topic. It's like I find that the world is so daggone shady because I can imagine how many people the world has messed up. Propaganda, politics, yeah. uh, preferences, old wise tales, and all these. Meanwhile, people are being born and being told this and being regimented to that. And then they are never living their purpose because of all this outside stuff coming from other people. And that is so sad. It is. It really is. I mean, I'm just grateful that I was able to do the things that I you know, was able to do because I'm a New Yorker. And in New York, we've got uh, The Village Voice. We got back, Backstage. And we got another paper called Showtime. And I remember... Um, I first really got a lot more comfortable in high school when I would start singing and people was like, oh, go ahead, Charles. And I was like, they like me. 
So that gave me a certain <laughs> confidence, you know? Right, like, yeah. I, I was yeah, doing yeah. it right. So a little bit after that, I would get these different classified papers and I would answer casting calls for plays. Someone needs someone to do a demo. And I would go downtown having no idea what to expect other than their brief, uh, th maybe three sentences of a description and hoping I would get the gig. But it was such a learning experience. Yeah. Did you do some of that stuff too? I... Word of mouth to, or something, anything like that? I started to perform with live bands, right? Nice. Like out of high school. And I went, ended up in Savannah, Georgia. My older sister was living there. And she knew a lot of musicians and okay. artists. And so I just, like, I went, I jumped in, you know, feet first. And as soon as, you know, you got a new singer, and a new singer that's good, like, I stayed active. You know, I started singing. There was a, um, it was called the Captain Sam Boat. Okay. In Savannah, Georgia. And there's a, maybe an hour-long um, destination trip, right, on, on the river. And so I started singing on that boat. I started doing, you know, the clubs, weddings, festivals, the Black History Festival, yeah, um, I did all of those things, and the different I paths stayed. taking us to the same place, right? Yes, mm -hmm. absolutely. That's fantastic. So let me ask you this: um, you know, for you musicians or you creative people uh, that are watching, uh, please, we're speaking to Mahogany. So please, if you have any comments, any questions, throw it into the feed. She's going to get back to you. I'm going to get back to you. We're going to get back to you. It's just exciting uh, for me as an artist myself to speak to another artist uh, who understands. Uh, and uh, so we're just sharing our truths and our, and our experiences. So let me ask you this. Who were your personal influences, musicians, vocalists, whatever? Who did you like and follow? Oh, man. I always say that my first vocal teachers was Anita Baker, Diane really? Hathaway, Patty Austin, James Ingram. Uh -huh. Those were, I had them on cassette tapes. Okay. And DeBarge. Oh yeah. They're, yeah. Right. Like I used to listen to, and, and there was, um, there was this white guy from England, Rick Ashley. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, He's back out. God. He's on tour now. Did you know that? No, I didn't. He's on tour with like new kids on the block and a oh, few other wow. people. So But yeah, so those are the people that I listen to and because I had never been in a choir, you know, no musical education whatsoever. I all right. I did was listen to music and instinctively harmonize with them. Okay, okay. That's how I learned everything. Now, you know, I thought you were going to say that one of your um, idols was Minnie Ripperton. Oh, yes. It was Minnie it? Minnie Ripperton and Nina Simone. Okay, yeah, okay. Forgot. Yes. Okay. I, I cannot not mention those two ladies. Absolutely. Yeah, because of your range, I'm like, yes. wait a minute. I know there's got to have been some interest at least. Yes. But, um, yeah, that's, that's fantastic. Yeah. 
So I'm looking to see if there are any comments as we go or in the um, people trying to get in just to make sure I don't want to leave anyone out. All right. So what was life like growing up? Now, I know you, you, you overwhelmed your siblings because you were crazy about music, crazy in love with music. So music must have been your first love like it was my first love. It was like if there was a relationship, my relationship was with music. So, hey, I couldn't help myself. What was um, what was it like growing up back in the day, knowing that you had this deep passion for music? Uh, like, how did you relate to other kids, or were you like really so sold out on music that that's how you spent most of your time? So my life growing up was interesting. Um, so my mother was a Jehovah's Witness. So when we weren't, you know, going to the Kingdom Hall and, you know, doing Bible study at home, I was listening to some music. On the low, low. <laughs> yes, on the low, low. And my, well, my mother also loved music. Okay. So it was a lot of old school music, you know, being played. And my brother, I have three older brothers. And one of them passed away this year, but the one that was closest to, to that. me, he, thank you. He's also a musician. Um, nice. And so he was, uh, and he was into break, break dancing back then. Uh huh. And so I had, you know, a, some of the hip hop world. My brother was break dancing in the front yard and all these different genres of music that I'm listening to that. You don't know that it's influencing you. Yeah. And I also found out later on that my mother got baptized when I was, she was carrying me. Wow. And I did not realize that, and she had this love for music. And my husband and I had this interesting conversation today about what that's like when the, the, the mother is listening to music right the 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 fetus is hearing the music and, and yeah direct to the yeah you know, and the the love for music that is in her dna and it's like and then you make the decision to get baptized and give your life to god while this child is in you mm -hmm. and so it's like once i really owned my gift Sure. You know, right? And I understood what she did when I was inside of her. It a lot of things started to make sense, you know, on a spiritual level. Sure. Right? And then a lot of things that I went through as a child, it's like all of it started to make sense what you deal with as a child and the spiritual side of it. And you don't understand the spiritual things that you're listening to, but as a child, you think you're really not listening, if I'm making sense. Right? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, and so it's like, I was wondering why why are my lyrics, you know, like this? Why is this scripture, you know, creeping into my lyrics? But it's really not. Because, okay. you know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's just who you are. And whenever it's time for this particular song to come out, it's going to come from somewhere inside of you. Yes. And so 
right? That is what my childhood did for me. And okay. I'm, I'm at a point now where I'm just realizing and, you know, understanding what all of this stuff means. It, it's beginning to make sense. Isn't that amazing also that, yeah. you know, as we get older, we start understanding the lessons from yesteryear. And yeah. I guess there's a certain freedom within that you're just like oh okay now i understand oh that makes sense but it uh let's let, let let's introduce our my co-host kate fit kate fit um how how's how's everything going good evening i'm so sorry i'm late um mahogany my apologies to you accepted <laughs> it's it's so hot and humid like everything is out of control and not working in New York City right now, but I'm grateful to be here. So happy to join you guys. Good evening. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's crazy out here too. In fact, we had some rain yeah. for I don't know, fifteen minutes, twenty minutes, whatever it was, but you know, it's all good. I'm trying to put the fan on me right now. Oh, see, see? Well that's one of the things I did before starting. I jumped up, got the fan, put it on me instead of trying to suck the heat out, I just want air blowing yeah. on me. But yes, um, I was to get a good shower and get cool and refreshed before I join, so I'm grateful for that too. Okay, it's all good. Well, um, we've been talking with Mahogany about you know her craft and you know how it was for her growing up. Uh, before we get to our new segment, which oh, we got a little while before we get to our new segment, okay. um, K Fit, do you have some questions? I know you normally have a plethora of questions <laughs> for our guests, so you want to pepper her with some questions and we can, uh, you know, kind of like balance out this conversation? Absolutely. So I hope this question wasn't asked. This is one of my favorite questions. Was it asked yet? I don't know. Okay, so my <laughs> question to you would be, if you have the opportunity to have a conversation with 18-year-old Mahogany, what type of mm -hmm. advice would you give Mahogany about life, adversity, adversity entrepreneurship, and about you as a person? Mm. Oh man, that's a good one. And ironically enough, it's something that I've thought about. Right? Like and and it's been different ages that I, I I've thought about myself and what I would say. And one of the a lot of the challenges I dealt with out in the world, out in the music world, was my dark skin. And really? I've actually been in music groups where they use my voice and then there's a light-skinned girl that everybody thinks this voice is coming out of. Wow. Stop playing. Yeah. And I've been told that, yes, you have a beautiful voice, but you're, you know, more like the girl next door. You know, you're not, you're not lead vocalist. You don't have the lead vocalist look. And so one of the things I would say to my 18 year old self is none of that is true. Exactly. Right. You are definitely okay. the right. You're, you're the lead, you know, you are worthy. You, you are the light. And mm -hmm. the fact that they want to use your light <clears throat> and give it to someone else is you proof know, of evidence. You know yeah. that, right, that you are the light and yes. That, and I've been thinking about that a lot. So it's, it's you know, it's crazy that you asked me that question. But it's like, you are, you're beautiful. You know, you are enough. And you don't have to 
change or, you know, shape shift or whatever, you know, to be anything for anybody else. And that's one of the reasons why I stopped chasing the, you know, I want a record deal, you know, type situation. And because I realized that that is not the life or the lane for me. Yeah. You know, to to, to be put in the background. Yeah. Your 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 response to that is so on point because, you know, I suffered a similar fate as it relates to just communicating in general. Even growing up as a child, you know, I would hear, "Charles, why you talk like a white guy?" And I was like, I had a I had a complex for a long time. It wasn't until I was in my, I say my thirties, and that's a long time that I realized, wait a minute, either you speak properly or you don't. And then there's this thing called being diverse. You know, when to turn it on and turn it off because you don't have to dot all the I's and cross all your T's all the time. So I understand completely, and I'm glad that you have that awareness of self because they're trying to put you in a box but still take the gift. Exactly. You know, and, and that's so crummy. And that's another reason why, for example, as an author... Not just as an author of music, but as an author of of writing books on personal and professional development, I didn't look for a major publisher. I don't need their approval to to speak exactly. my knowledge and my experience. Yeah. yeah, but I'm sorry, you got me going there. You got me fired up. <laughs> yeah, that was so beautifully said. I'm not sure if you heard what I said, but that was so beautifully said. I really appreciate your comment. Thank you. Thank you for asking the question. You got something else, K-Fit? Of course. So my next question for you would be, um, are you who you're inspired to be? I am now. And I say that because I am 50 plus two. (laughs) And so I've always heard people say, it's like they, there's a threshold, right? When you get to 40, there's a, there's a threshold that you've crossed. And when you get to 50, there's a threshold where you really, you don't have any Fs to give, so to speak, right? It's like, why have I been chasing these things or trying to be this thing or that thing when it was a waste of time? And I realized I'm at a point where I'm making the music that I've always wanted to make, right? I'm writing the things that I've always wanted to talk about and I'm doing it the way that my spirit tells me to do it. Mm. You know, not what society or, you know, what's a trend. I'm just, I am 100% being me and doing it how I want to. Nice. That's a blessing. It is. I, I realize that it is, too. I, I 100% realize that. Look, Sammy Davis Jr. said, and I love the way he said it, I did it my way, you know? Yeah. And it's I a think... It's statement, but it's, it's a lot behind it. Yeah, and, you know, the, the sad thing in our industry, even in other industries as well, but... I guess the entertainment or the artistic industry is so polarizing because 
that's where we get our joy, our relaxation, and everything, whether it's a movie or a song, whatever. It's just that it, it tries to impress this way that it's supposed mm-hmm. to be. And I lost a lot of years um, because people said, oh, don't don't sing. Don't do that. They won't yeah. take you seriously. And I said, oh, okay, so maybe I better not do that. Even though I knew that I was always in love yeah. with music. Regardless of how good I was is not the point. I allowed someone, even if they meant well, I allowed someone to take from me for quite a few years the thing that's always mattered the most, and that's been music. Because I'm trying to be this major keynote speaker, and yeah, that's part of my sweet spot. The fact that I can sing and speak yeah. well. you know, And I allowed someone to take that away from me. And it's, to me, it's unforgivable. But I, I have to take some of the blame myself because I allowed them right. to put that on me and I bought it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we all have those challenges, you know, but we get older and wiser, you know, it gets better. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so I would like to ask you another question, too. Do you feel there's a difference between personal and professional development? You know, I used to. And I'll tell you why, because even though I was still singing all the time, I would I would leave this nine to five job, right, where I'm a professional and then I'm going to perform where I'm also a professional. And I think what I've realized over the years is that who you are personally is who you should be professionally, (laughs) you know? how you do anything is how you do everything. So your your ethics and you know those standards that you have for yourself you know they they need to be there 100% of the time. And this professional and 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 the way that the internet is set up most people's their profession is being, you know, on camera. Why are you going to be somebody else off camera? Unless you're an actor or an actress, you know, in, in a movie or whatever. And it's so it's it's like, to me, I think there, there really is no personal and professional development. Um, because the, the, the things that make your character, they're you 100% of the time. And, and, and I may feel this way because I get to be an artist 100% of the time. So a, a person who works that nine to five and then, you know, goes home and, and does something else may not feel the same way. But for me, because I get to do the thing that I love all the time, for me, it's it's one and the same. Have you, um, I'm curious, have you done any theater? I'm, I'm sure you probably have acting, plays, music theater, anything like that? I've done a few, um, but not to the point where I would say I've done enough where I'm good at that. <laughs> oh, it's all good. It's all good. You right. Know. Um, maybe, I think two. I've okay. done two. One, I was Nina Simone. And okay. I only did it because I got to sing Nina Simone songs. Nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yes. So, um, 
Yeah, I did two plays. Now, <clears throat> outside of, I'm going to get you a little more incentive to the camera. To you, if you can move a little bit to your left. Yeah, perfect. <clears throat> outside of the project you did with the kids, do you have a standalone project that most recently or that you're working towards putting out? I do. So last year I released an album called Textures of a Southern Soul. And we finished the album in 2020. We had started it, my husband and I, maybe four years prior. And he had his third stroke. Oh, so wow. To, Sorry. We had to put the music on hold. Right. And he had to go through therapy. But the music... <clears throat> was a very intricate part on his healing part, you know, on his, his healing journey. Like so, therapeutic? Yes, very therapeutic for both of us. So we finally finished that album when, when the world was still, you know, in 2020. And in my opinion, some of the best music that I've ever created came out of mm. the world being, you know, quiet. Mm -hmm. And um, so that album is out now on all streaming platforms. Nice. And also sell CDs because people still buy CDs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got a few made up too, but I know that mostly streaming, but I figure you have to have a few physical copies for those who want to touch and put it in yes. their system, whatever. There are people who still love them. Mm -hmm. Nice, nice. I have a question for you. Another one. Yes. Um, do you have any entrepreneur pet peeves? Um, I'm a new entrepreneur, so to say, not really, but kind of am. And, you know, I'm learning in business. There's certain things I really hate. Um, and I call them pet peeves. So I don't say hate. So, you know, are there any pet peeves you have with business that really like, you know, happen recurrently or like, you know, difficult to deal with that you can express or experience? Hmm. So here's because, and this may just be because of my personality, but I, let's say um, we have a, um, a market that we go to and, or if I'm out of town and I go to the market and I buy your service or your product and I also give you my card, right? I tell you, oh, you know, this is, you know what I do, you know, check it out. And, you know, if you like it, um, you know, please support me as well. And I have bought things from people that I didn't need. But because I wanted to reciprocate the, the support, I did it anyway. And I think people don't understand that that goes a long way when mm -hmm. you support somebody. And that is a, a one of those ingredients that the cake isn't going to come out well if you don't have that ingredient in it. So I think yep. if we can understand that, let's support each other and not, you know, it shouldn't always be one way. That's one of the things that is my pet peeve. Yeah, I agree with you. Especially if I've I've, I've supported you multiple times and even if I recommend somebody to you it's like we we need to be able to give our energy of supporting people 
and you know spread it around and because it's not all about you you want people to support you so show mm -hmm. them that you can support other people and i promise you the energy is going to come back around to you yeah you know you know i think it's that fear of loss thing <clears throat> i think people are afraid well people want to earn they want to be in the forefront or whatever and i think they are it's like a perplexed situation. They figure if I buy from you, then I'm not that important. But if you buy from me, it's all good. And it's really selfish. Mm. And yeah. and in some cases, it also is greedy. Um, and I mean, I, I know that in my growing myself, you know, if someone did not have my experience or whatever, I was reluctant to buy from them. But that has changed as I've gotten older. Yeah. You know, I, I just, just for an example, the other day I learned about someone that was falling on hard times and I was like, wow, I felt kind of felt bad for them. We're not the best of friends, but I flipped up a hundred bucks just to give it to them because if that was me, I would want someone to care that much for me. That part. I'm not getting it back. Mm -hmm. I'm not asking yeah. for it back, but I, I'm doing it from my heart. You know, yeah. and it's almost the same thing with artists. It's we should be most sensitive to it because how many times people try to jew you down on your own product? Come on, let me get it for five. Come on, yeah. I know you can give it to All me. All the time. Yeah. And that's like, something yeah, that you, shoot. That's something that I have consciously worked on. If you have something and I can't afford it. It's not your responsibility to make it affordable for me. True. It's my responsibility to come back and purchase it when I have the funds to do so. Yeah. Well, right? if I don't I, want I, it, look, what about this? What about if you don't want it, right, and you have something or you have access to something, but you know it's not for you, recommend someone else or recommend another resource, yes, you know? Exactly. I don't. I don't need any post-it notes or whatever, but you know what? Um, maybe they need some, or, you know, I tell you what, I'm gonna get them. I don't need them, but I'm gonna get some and get these to my sister because she's always scribbling on pieces of paper, whatever. Yes, exactly. And like you said, there's enough for all of us, but we have to get out of ourselves, mm -hmm. you know, our selfish nature. Yeah, for sure. Um, I have another question, but it's more like a statement and you fill in the blank and okay. I want you to say whatever you feel is appropriate. So the statement is life, liberty, and blank. Love. Love. That's a good one. <laughs> Definitely a good one. Um, all the other stuff work. You know what I was thinking about today? Um, and I'm, I think this is a good time. I think because of your head wrap and your back, your backdrop mahogany is making me think about this more. <clears throat> we know that um, Chadwick Boseman, Boswick, Boseman, excuse me. He passed Who's from because, South Carolina, by the way. Yeah, yeah. That he <laughs> passed um, from cancer and he didn't tell anyone. Right. And he did a fantastic performance in Black Panther, but also Thurgood Marshall, also Jackie Robinson, also, um, I forget the other one. It's not like a wanna blues. I forgot the other one, but the jazz, the jazz artist. 
phenomenal performance. And I'm thinking about using this as I speak, because I have to go do a conference in uh, Cleveland in a couple of weeks. He was so phenomenal. He got all these accolades from Black Panther, which is great. But can you imagine how good he would have been if he didn't have cancer? Yeah. Can you imagine how good he would have been if that extra burden on him wasn't on him and he was yeah. able to really dial completely into his craft? Now, I know it's purposeful. I, I get that. Um, whether it's for me to be understanding it or not. But the point is, we all have something. And the burdens of the world, I call it the concussions mm -hmm. of life. Yeah. If we didn't have so many concussions, self-inflicted or otherwise, mm -hmm. can you imagine how fulfilled we would be? Hmm. I just think that's so powerful now yeah. when I think about it. So, K-Fit. That was dope. Oh, thanks. Thanks. Great. So, I'm definitely going to use it now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, we should absolutely use that. Yeah. So you want to set off our new um, <clears throat> segment. So what do you think? Did you have something you want to propose? Um, you kind of threw me off guard just now with that one. I wasn't expecting that. But um, okay, I'm going to try to flow with this. I mean, I have something if you don't, but I, I just like for you to have the opportunity of presenting it. Um, okay, I'm going to go there with it. I'm not sure if I'm so far off with it. But um, let's talk about what do you think about the WNBA star who's held ah. captive in, um, I believe, Russia or maybe Ukraine um, that was allegedly um, breaking the law there by carrying a vape during the WNBA tryouts or game. And she's currently there for maybe three excess months. What do you feel the the situation should be as she is an American, um, whether she's innocent, no, she did it willingly, participantly, or innocently, or, you know, guilty and just try to use her name in WNBA to do what she wants. What do you feel about this conversation and topic? First of all, I don't think she's guilty of anything except being a black woman. And if it were a white man or a white woman, I think the situation would have went differently and she probably would have been home by now. And I do not feel that enough has been done, is being done to get her back home, which is where she should be. And, um, yeah, that's, that's my feelings on that. Thank you. I appreciate that. I kind of I kind of agree and I, and I do realize okay maybe other countries don't look at marijuana it could have been um what do you call it um uh painkillers right other other countries may not look at things the same way we do I get that and yeah okay it's her fault for taking her vape there that had marijuana I get it okay I get it I don't know the Russian laws and stuff I think one of the biggest controversies was that I think LeBron was speaking on her behalf, yet mm. someone said something like, if it was LeBron, he'd be home by now. And he's like, yo, I ain't got nothing to do with this. Why, why y'all want to try to put me in that mix to justify her actions? I don't think she should be there. I think that uh, Russia is using her more of a ploy yeah. because the United States is supporting the Ukraine in their mm -hmm. invasion of 
Uh, Ukraine. I forget. Is that the name where you pronounce the country? Ukraine. Whatever the name where you pronounce um, the Ukraine in in the proper tense. Uh, I believe they're just using her as a ploy. I agree. And it's right. it's 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 very sad that and I even pray for world leaders. We know whether it was when Trump was in office, any world leader that's not doing right by their people should be ashamed. Just should it, be ashamed. Has there ever been one who's done right by their people? Um, no, I think we've been fortunate so enough to have better times only because technology wasn't so advanced. But no, I don't think yeah. anyone has ever you're, done you're, right by their people. You're probably it, right. And I don't know enough about politics to speak on the on the political side right of you know that conversation i only look at her as a human being right, right? I, I see another <clears throat> black woman you know being caught in the crossfire of some bs mm. so I'm, I'm i'm looking at this strictly from from a humanity level and she didn't kill anybody she didn't poison anybody she didn't do anything to a, another human being. Right. Except herself. And that was something to take care of herself. That's that's how I look at it. That that was a personal choice for something going in her body. To me it's 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 like Roe versus Wade. Mm. How why, why are you trying to control what somebody is doing with their body? Yeah. And then penalizing them for taking care of their body and she's working on behalf of our country and that's, look and if our country was think about that right she's and look if our country was doing the right thing by women their salaries may not be the same as men's but their salaries would be a lot better now i do know they recently have given them more money for the WNBA, but overall women's or female athletics have recently had a victory however it should have probably always always been more balanced right. or more fair and i understand quote unquote it's a man's world i'm not against men of course um and i understand uh the leaders or the ones who make decisions a lot of the ones that empower are men but i do know that as times change you have to change with the times so if you're used to wearing your nice house coat and staying home all day and now you want to do things differently, like get a job, you should be able to do that without being uh, penalized. That's yeah, just my that's just my perspective. I'm, I'm not against women at all. Um, I think we all have something to learn uh, from these situations that, uh, that we're dealing I with. Hope, I just hope that, you know, I don't really know a lot about her. I don't really follow WNBA or NBA, you know, regarding, you know, playoff season, anything. I just hope they're not violating her since we're in this whole mix of, you know, war and, and inflation. Yeah. You know, I just hope she's not being violated, you know, and it made me want to know more about her. And I heard her fiance um, doing an interview um, online, YouTube somewhere, you know, like pleading, you know, for her to come home. So I'm like, wow, the world is just really all over the place. Like you said, Roe versus Wade, you know, this hostage negotiation, yeah. whatever situation this is. Um, it's just so sad. There's so many things going on right now in the world at once. It's like hard to focus on what's just the most important thing, you know? Absolutely. You're right. Like at work, they're talking about we may need to get, you know, two more shots, um, a booster and some next dose um, for COVID. I'm like, geez, we already got two doses. Like, 
You're just drumming us up. You know, half of us did it just to keep the dog on job. Won't be me, I take that. You know, because a lot of people, you know, didn't do it and they just said, you know, screw it, you know, it's each his own, no pressure, no judgment on anyone. But um, yeah, that's an ongoing life situation for a lot of people in America right now. Yeah. Yeah, I tell you, um, you know, there's always something and and I don't know, it's it's sometimes very sad when I think about the state of affairs in the world, you know, because it's not just the United States. It's mm-hmm. look at I mean, th- this could be another what do you think topic. But if you look at mm-hmm. policing, if you look at famine, if you look at the financial situation, look at housing all over the world. These basic necessities are being used as ploys over people who can't have a reasonable sound life. I mean, why can't you have food, clothing and shelter? You know, I mean, come on. Really? Exactly. I mean, come on Basic now. Basic human needs. Yeah, I mean, come on. Even going back to the baby formula shortage, like, I'm, I'm going to say my age. I'm 40. I've never wow, heard. Wow, I didn't know you was that old. Good yeah, gracious. Yeah. Thank you. I've <laughs> never heard in my entire life. I don't know if I was a Similac baby or um, the other kind of milk baby when I was a kid, but I've never, ever heard in my life of a Similac shortage. I'm like, what happened in America where there's no Similac for the babies? Like, what is really going on out here? Yeah. Look, they paint their own narrative. Ain't no telling if it's any of it's true. Exactly. Exactly. That's that's what I feel. It's like we really have no control when it comes to certain things, which is why so many people want to just do their own things, such as the entrepreneurship lifestyle, you know, and people are successful learning from the nine to fives. Well, the truth of the matter is that's what this country was built on. And when they learn how to legally enslave people, um, first, obviously, it's great to have a job. There's nothing wrong with that. But when the wages were low and laws and legislation came into play and they were able to play games with the cost of living and the cost of life, that's when right. it became a problem. Because mm-hmm. if you think about it, if you got some cows and I got some vegetables, look, let's work together. Hey. You know? <laughs> yeah. exactly. then, no, but that's what it was, Shell. That's, that's how yeah, it was. you're right. Everybody had something. The blacksmith, the ironsmith, he helped the horses and the and the cattle. And I mean, everyone worked together. It was like working off the land, you know. Right. And then somebody flipped the script, and uh, we all got lost in the matrix. Where can I follow you, Mahogany? Yes. What are your social media platforms? I would love to um, follow you and see more about your journey and your story. You may follow me at Mahogany. That's M A. H O G A N E E A M I G E R on IG and Facebook. And then Twitter is just mahogany. And that's with two E's. Okay. Well, this oh, has I been. Found you. I'm following right Damn, now. That right there. Oh, keep it right there. Hold on. Keep it right there. Right there. Bam. <laughs> I just got I'm your 4,000 followers. Oh, nice. I'm we your 4,000 followers. Let me see. Put the album in the in the middle. I can't see it. Oh, okay. Look, we need the to album. get you on the look. We need to get you an NPR on a Tiny Desk concert. Uh, uh, now that would be awesome. No doubt. I know you would blow it up. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Well, beautiful. Oh my gosh, I'm sorry. Real quick, I I don't see the guests anymore unless I look at my phone when I'm on the live. I'm looking at your head wrap and your attire, your background. You're beautiful. I love your Thank whole you. look. You Thank welcome. you. Well, once again, it's been great having you on the program. Loved having you. I knew it was going to be a good conversation, a good time, interesting topics, going back and forth sharing ideals um it's something about you know sorry for those who aren't but it's something about being a creative artist that um it's like a kindred spirit thing we can relate we identify and it's just organic it's just real and that's one thing i've always liked about you as well as some other artists as well not to make it seem like every artist is the same because we're not <laughs> But no, we, when you, we are definitely not right. right but exactly. when we find someone, we have a sort of a, a likeness because a likeness attracts likeness or a kindred spirit. It's really um, enlightening. Feels so good. So I want to thank you for taking time away from your family and spending time with us. Uh, we look forward to hearing what you what you're doing in the future as things come up, and hopefully we can have you on the show again one day. Thank you. And what's your co-host name? K Fit. So the letter K, fit, the word fit. Yep. As an entrepreneur, I just want to tell you to just stay strong and network. Networking, I think, is the best way to continue on the journey, you know, with other entrepreneurs. And on the business side, I would look for <clears throat> groups groups that are on social media, you know, that pertain specifically to whatever your business is, and then look for the business side of how to, you know, make your business grow, you know, all the legalities and all of that. Look for groups that tell you how to make sure that all of that stuff is in order. But networking, networking is, is definitely key. And there's a page that I follow. I think it's called Buy from a Black Woman. Hmm. Okay. Um, on Instagram, I would follow them because they give a lot of other avenues, you know, of, of ways to go and things to look at. But networking is definitely the, the it's always a good thing to do. Nice, nice. Thank you so much. And thank well, you, folks. Charles. Yeah, thank we, you we so much. Ho, ho. Full circle moment. There you go. From, um... <laughs> now, was that Enoch, the seventh prophet that was uh, on? I think it was. I think good, it was. good. Hold on one second. Yeah. It's going to make this closing statement. Okay. Folks, if you have any comments, please, again, always post your comments. We love to hear what it is that you have to say. Uh, there are plenty of resources available for you, whether it's on the personal and professional development side. You can go to wordsmithspeakersalliance.com. Get up to 60% off on various items, not just from me, but from many of my colleagues that are professional speakers, trainers, authors, finance people, and coaches. And if you're more on the creative side, please feel feel free to go to SirCharlesCarryMusic.com. Check out the videos, the singles, the albums, and all that. And as I always say, you've got to radiate the brain, change the game.